You're listening to the Lawyer Lifestyle Podcast with Chicago attorney Dave Scriven Young. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 232 of the Lawyer Lifestyle Podcast for June 18th, 2020. My name is Dave Scriven Young, an attorney from Chicago, Illinois, and I'll be your host. This podcast takes you on a daily journey to discover key principles in the areas of marketing, sales, and leadership for attorneys. So what follows is audio from last night's Lawyers Emotional Intelligence Book Club. I was pleased to have on as my guest, Lakeisha Randall. Um, she is an attorney from Atlanta. She's also a wellness coach. And we had a great conversation about um, exercise and how exercise can reduce your stress and how over-exercising can actually make you more stressed out. Um, unfortunately, the audio is a little scratchy and we were having some a little bit of internet issues on both sides. So apologize for that, but I really hope you enjoy this episode. And of course, you can join me every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Central um, for more of the Lawyers Emotional Intelligence Book Club. Next week, we're going to have on a sleep expert. Um, so join us then. In the meantime, enjoy this conversation with attorney Lakeisha Randall. Welcome to the Lawyers Emotional Intelligence Book Club. My name is Dave Scriven Young, a lawyer focusing on litigation, environmental law, and construction law from Chicago, Illinois. We're helping to create the next generation of lawyers with high emotional intelligence through a weekly book club and practical daily practical posts at facebook.com slash lawyers EQ. During club discussions, we'll do a deep books that will help us develop emotional intelligence skills. Specifically, think about how we can begin to use these skills in our law practices. I'll be live every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Central for this discussion, and it is a discussion. Uh, so please liberally use the box below to ask questions or to make comments. I don't sit here as an expert. On the contrary, um, I'll be learning along with all of you, and I'm really interested in hearing your opinions and observations. So please uh, join the discussion. Uh, we should be on Facebook, on several locations, including uh, the Lawyers Emotional Intelligence Book Club uh, main page, facebook.com slash lawyers EQ. Also on Twitter, uh, Twitch, and YouTube. So welcome, one and all. Um, if you could do me a favor and the, let me know where you're from, where you're uh, viewing uh, this uh, broadcast today, that would be really helpful. Uh, just to make sure that I know that my talking uh, and just I can see uh, people joining on my watch party. I'm sure there are people uh, watching other places as well. Uh, so I'm really excited today. The technology uh, will work uh, for me. Of course, I have my lovely wife, Kathy, who I'll bring on in a moment. And attorney uh, Lakeisha Rand is going to be joining as well. And I just wanted to uh, just introduce her. Uh, Lakeisha is an attorney, life coach, uh, she owns Atlanta Lighting and Consulting LLC, LR Design. She's also managing partner of law firm, Atlanta based law firm that's in personal and estate planning. Lakeisha has been recognized as an attorney wellness expert for many years and decided to specialize in life coaching to help a broader range of clients Coach Lakeisha, regular attorney wellness CLEs to law firms and bar associations. Uh, former topics have included uh, the wellness crisis, substance abuse, stress management, resilience and grit, wellness in the workplace, diversity, 
and its interconnectedness to wellness and intergenerational dynamics in organizations. Um, as a skilled uh, trial attorney, she understands the pressures of professionals in high-stress environments and the importance of every decision. As an executive coach, Lakeisha helps clients and teams achieve their goals, develop or improve their leadership skills, and act with intentionality. So again, we're, we're going back to Dr. Chatterjee. Uh, uh, so we're making exercise work for us. And so uh, Lakeisha, in case you haven't been um, you know, paying attention following along uh, to what we've been doing this show, uh, basically what, what he talks about is um, uh, stress dose, how there are these micro stress doses that happen. Um, those are kind of like little things that, little annoying things that happen every day that sort of build up. And then you have the macro stress doses, which are kind of like the traumatic events that people have. And so um, what, he, uh, what he talks about is that you get to a certain stress threshold and it's different for everyone, depending on whether you've had, you know, these macro stress doses or not. And it all of that leads up to, um, and if you go over that stress threshold, then you're in trouble. Then you're your, you know, your emotions get the best of you and, and the like. So that's what he's talking about. And so the question is at this point in time is whether, um, you know, exercise is a good thing or can it be a bad thing when it comes to stress? Yeah. So in terms of, you know, what you've, you know, seen in, in your practice, um, and I know it's sort of the conventional wisdom that actually is always stress reducing. Um, what is your uh, perspective on that? Obviously, I believe that exercise is good for maintenance and for stress um, in general. But in our profession, I think that exercise is great for the brain and training the mind. Um, it's good to strengthen that muscle to challenge yourself and also you know, to make sure that you're in the best shape for your clients. Um, things have moderation that can be dangerous. So, you know, you wake up one day and decide you're going to do it and gotten off the couch in months, you know, that can be dangerous. You know, sometimes we overinflate our abilities based on things we've done in the past and may not act you know, be realistic with what we're doing currently and go too hard. And in doing that, that can be dangerous. But otherwise, I think, you know, it's great to challenge yourself, both physically and intellectually. Yeah. So let's um, let's talk a little bit about the, uh, uh, you know, a little bit about the science behind it, according to Dr. Chatterjee. Um, and, you know, he's all about talking about how um, uh, the information that you're sending to your body. So when your exercise is done in the right dose, um, it actually sends your brain that uh, thriving. So it does things like bringing down levels of stress hormones like cortisol and adrenaline, reduces inflammation, um, and it can help um, with a variety of like psychological conditions like depression, anxiety. Um, and this is what I found you know, pretty interesting is that when we're out, it puts us in that fight or flight mode. 
Um, but mm-hmm. we're not, well, you know, as lawyers, we don't have a, um, an outlet for that sort of thing. Um, because we're, our, our work is intellectual, we're sitting at a computer or we're arguing in court. I mean, I guess arguing in court or doing a trial, that probably is, you know, some physical exertion. But it's not like we're, you know, working outside or working construction, you know, something that's physically taxing where we can release some of that uh, physical or that some of that, you know, stress. Mm-hmm. Well, I I think that's true, but I think it's also important to incorporate it in your day. So, for example, um, I, I stand up times when I work um, and I feel really, really stuck on something or if I'm really um, overwhelmed, I'll go for a run just for that mental clarity. In my experience, releasing that extra bit of energy, that clarity um, for my brain, you know, I believe the science supports what you're just what described here. Um, or um, <laughs> for COVID, I actually saw this tip that I've incorporated to make sure that I'm washing my hands for the appropriate amount of time. I do squats while I wash my hands. Um, if I do 20 squats, then, you know, it's good for my body, good for my mind. It breaks up the day a bit. And I've done at least 25 seconds. <laughs> Wow. Because I'm for sure meeting 20 doing three class. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's uh, that's a really great tip, actually. Um, I mean, uh, and, you know, and one other thing that we, we talked about uh, last week was sort of like the, um, you know, this is obviously this book was written before COVID. And his thing is, yeah. well, you don't want to like it you don't want to use like he's not anti-antibiotics or that sort of thing but like limit the use so he would say limit the use of you know hand sanitizer and that sort of thing but now with what everything we're going through i mean i mean i went to i went to church on sunday and they must have you know they wanted to lather me in the stuff you know yeah you know though i have purchased gloves in bulk um to reduce that so if you or anywhere in public, I have on gloves for sure, and I keep them in my car. <laughs> wow, that's really that's really really smart, actually. Yeah. Um, cool. All right. Well, let's uh, let's keep going on here. Um, so, regular physical activity teaches our, our stress response system to uh, more efficiently, um, and it means our stress response can operate more efficiently when we're being attacked by those stress doses. Um, and then uh, also exercise helps us to reorganize our brain so it's more resistant to stress, which I found uh, pretty interesting. And then apparently, according to Dr. Chatterjee, at least, exercise also uh, may protect our chromosomes from the effects of stress. So we won't be, getting, we won't be as old, um, apparently, um, the more we exercise. But here's the real question I wanted to ask, uh, uh, Lakeisha, because... Um, I'm not one who's, um, you know, over-exercising. Is, mm-hmm. there, is there such a thing as over-exercising? My primary care physician thought that I were exercising. I don't know if she was correct, but I, you know, I'll defer to her because she's my physician. <laughs> but at the time, um, I was doing CrossFit at least five days a week, and it was summer. So obviously it's very hot here in Atlanta and um, it started to 
we don't know if it's a direct co- direct correlation, but the symptom where I began to get sick was my blood pressure had become pretty low. Um, and so she thought because of that, I needed to just moderate things based on the temperature and the intensity of the workouts. So I did reduce it at the time to add in, you know, a couple of days of rest or a couple of days of like, you know, yoga instead of, you know, CrossFit five days a week. Um, that in the chapter, I thought that experience in my life where my doctor said, hey, you know, you're doing too much. Yeah. Um, I. And what I found interesting too is, um, in terms of overexercising, I think you know at least for me. So, like, typically, if this was life, you know, I, I referee hockey on the side, so I would be on the ice, and you know that would be my thing and my real form of exercise. But um, as I've you know trying to tried to keep keep up with my physical activity during COVID. Um, you know, I've tried a couple of different things, but I found that um, maybe this is just, I don't know, logical, but when I tried something that was extremely taxing, so I tried, um, God, I'm trying, I can't think of what it's called. Oh, insanity, sanity workout. Yeah. And I just remember doing, I was doing okay. I was doing okay. And then we got to this point where it was like a it was like a jump squat, so you had to like jump and then bring your knees to your chest. Uh-huh. And I saw them do it on the TV, and I was like, "There's there's no way." And I did a few of them, and I was like, "No, like uh, that's that's just not for me." So I think, and then and then of course because you know that was too much, I you know never never did it again. So there seems to be some credence to the fact that. Uh, you know, you can overdo it or at least scare yourself into. into I say that might be more mental though, Dave. Because um, I remember um, the first time I tried to do a jump on this really high plyometric box, I was thinking, I'm going to fall. I can't do that. And a whole, all these things, you know. And I realized over time it was really more mental than physical. Um, and actually, I don't like distance running, but I only run races periodically for the mental challenge rather than the physical one, because I, I get bored. I'm like, why am I still running? This is silly, like this is dumb. I could have done 20 sprints by now rather than running X number of miles. Um, but just to challenge myself intellectually, I do races a couple times a year, you know, for kicks. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's, that's, really, that's pretty fun. Um, yeah, I've done one race in my life. I did a 5K through, um, so the uh, my local community does uh, does a, a marathon in 5K, and I actually initially signed up for the half marathon, and then decided, yeah, no, I'm just going to do the 5K because uh, you know, I I started training, stopped for for whatever reason. So, um, but I think a lot of it is uh, a lot is like in your head, right? I mean, a lot of it is yeah. you know you got to get over you know your fears, your you know, I can't do it mentality. Yeah, I agree 100%. Um, in the chapter, he talked about Bikram yoga. And that actually was one of the things that I was intimidated by for years. And I'm a yogi. But for some reason, this really, really intimidated me because, you know, I think the temperature is like 105 degrees in the room. 
and the session is longer than usual. And when I finally went and ripped the Band-Aid, I was like, it was intense. I will, I will say it was still very difficult. But the feeling of accomplishment I had after going for a couple of sessions was just really awesome. Um, but I was intimidated. So I'm pretty sure that was mo- more so a mental block than a physical block. Hmm. So if for, for those of you who are watching, if you have an exercise tip or you've done any sort of crazy adventurous uh, exercise, please let us know um, in the comments. Um, and so what, so Bikram yoga, it's basically, it's like what you're in a very hot room and you're doing, is it like a specific yoga routine that you're doing? So I may butcher some of the details, but the gist of it is you do a, se- a sequence of 23 or 26 poses in the same order. Um, and the room is like 105 degrees. So, so typically if I'm going to do big room routine, drink at least a gallon of water because you're going to be drenched, wow. you know. And they tell you the first day that you're likely going to get lightheaded, but it's okay. Trust your body. You're going to be fine. Just go into child's pose. Let your body recover. But don't go out of the room to have that big drop in temperature. Um, but the idea of being in a room and doing intense poses for I think it's 90 minutes, 75 to 90 minutes, depending on the studio you choose. The idea of it was just like insane to me. Um, but I, I did it and enjoyed it a, really, a whole lot. Places that do variations of it where you'll do 75 degrees in the room, like warm yoga rather than true Bikram. Um, but the impact of, for your body, I've heard remarkable things for your joints. Yeah, I imagine I imagine it's true. And I think um, in the chapter, uh, Dr. Chatterjee talks about um, that heat actually is a, uh, is a stress buster. Um, which I, it, the burning nature, right? Sorry, go ahead. Did he mention like the burning properties? Yeah, which I find, I mean, like, so, you know, obviously I go to a, you know, I've, when I've gone to a gym, my gym isn't open now because COVID, but, but, you know, go, going like to a sauna or something like that, you think more just like, I thought of more of a, um, you know, like a weight loss thing. Like you have extra water and you want to lose it or, you know, the steam. Again, I'm a lawyer. I'm not a, a scientist, but, you know, my it just, you know, from my own head, that's what it sounded like. But actually to yeah. find out that um, it actually has uh, stress-relieving properties. And he talks about like doing yoga in the sauna, which my sauna and my gym is way too small to do yoga there. But something like Bikram yoga actually sounds like that kind of puts the two uh, things together. Yeah. And you know what? I haven't tried this yet. But one thing I intend to do within the next couple of weeks is get some fresh eucalyptus and just hang it over the shower so that when it steams, I can have the eucalyptus. Huh. That's very cool. Um. No, I love that. Um, and so, so um, do you have, so Dr. Chatterjee talks about um, uh, sort of like you're getting to a certain uh, stress threshold um, and exercise where you think you are 
um, in your, you know, if, ha if you've had, um, and I guess he's more talking about like the night before. So if you've had a very stressful, stressful day and, or maybe you drank the night before or something that sort of gets you to that stress throughout. Um, and he recommends something like doing something, a more restorative uh, practice like yoga um, instead of maybe like, you know, you know taking a long, run on the treadmill. And I'm sure like everyone is different, but do you see that um, sort of in your has it been in your experience that um, it's important to uh, change your routine based on sort of like how you're feeling in the moment? A thousand. So I change my routine based on the moment, based on my schedule, based on um, my body. And I really, really think it's important to listen to your body and know what you need. So if you're tired, sometimes you power through. Sometimes you just gotta go to sleep, you know? Um, and that's important. I'll give you an example. If I lift heavy weights the first half of the week, then I will choose power yoga because that's still in the cardio. But I would do restorative yoga to um, reset, you know, let my body. Um, appreciate what you've done for the week. And then also, we're sitting upright most of the time. Just the idea of having, you know, changes the blood flow within your body. And it's also a good way to say body. Yeah. I think it's, it's, it's a really important point because um, just as lawyers, you know, we're going to be doing so much sitting. Um, a good uh, just listening to your body and, and figuring out what you need, um, you know, seems to be you know extremely important uh, point. But you know, finding the time, the time is hard too. How how do you find time to exercise? You know, when you have the you know busy day. Honestly, I, it's difficult sometimes. Um, you know, sometimes like. During COVID, I realized I'm exhausted, especially now I'm most of the day. So normally, when I'm private practice, I would work out after work. I join the gym in my building, but now I'm learning like first thing. Um, and if I don't do it first thing in the morning, so sometimes I'll do some new cardio. Sometimes. Again, listening to your body, I realize I need some relaxation somewhere. So I'll like do yoga, which is where you sit in the poses for a longer period. So rather than do one pose for a couple seconds, you may sit in three to five minutes to really give your body and your tissue time to connect. Um, I just try, try different things, you know. Sometimes what used to work for you may not serve you anymore, and just, that's okay, you know, and find an accountability partner to help you try something different. Uh, that, that's extremely important. Where, where did you learn uh, yoga? Do you, do you have, like, a yoga studio that you go to? Or, like, I've heard you, there's a lot of YouTube channels as well. I don't really like yoga unless I'm in a, oh, let me stop. I don't like yoga very much through the screen. I like being connected with others. Um, so typically I go to a live studio. Um, 
you know, if you want to be cost effective rather than just joining one studio out like try Groupon or something and just buy, I mean, buy sometimes like four or five different passes per studio to kind of mix up my routine. Because as you may know, yoga is an umbrella term. So there's so many different types you can do, you know, um, and it, at least in the Atlanta market, I haven't found one studio that's great at everything. When I lived in Charlotte, I didn't have that problem. But here is hard to find a studio that's like great for yin and great for sword and great for power. But if you can, you know, just mix it up and keep being um, unique and fresh, you can also, it's interesting, you know, um, just to try something different. Yeah, I mean, to me, the variety um, is, is important because I, I find myself getting bored uh, very easily. And I think, you know, part of it is, you know, just like I didn't want to do it anymore. But, you know, when I was uh, preparing for that, like I said, half marathon um, and then 5K, part of it was like, I just didn't. <laughs> it wasn't for me, you know, like I was out, I was, you know, either running on the treadmill or running outside by myself. Like it just, it was not fun at all. And I had a lot of people find it relaxing, but I, I did not. Yeah, I don't like running, but I do it just because I know I don't like it. And maybe I'm just a weird person that has challenges, but I, I'm comfortable with sprints, but I get bored just like you just mentioned. It's like, but because I know there's a mental block just to stretch myself, I don't want anyone. It's it's like a, you know, a competition almost. You're you're proving that that you can do it even if your body is telling you no, which is probably well, it's usually never my body. Yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just saying my body physically can do it, and I'd, I'd imagine yours can too. But in your mind, you're telling yourself that you can't. Yeah, I I feel like that's that's a big thing. I think in general. Um, all right, so let's uh, some sign where you may be uh, exercising. And I've I this a few times um, when I you know what doing just a very intense workout. Um, you know, one one thing is you know you you do uh, you do an exercise so hard that you don't do with the day, which, you know, I kind of felt like totally true um, when I was in, you know, the insanity for a couple of days. I was just like, yeah, that was just, that was just rough. Um, other things, uh, it'll be sleep at night after a workout, um, sleeping more than your norm and still feeling exhausted, um, waking up with your heart racing the day after your workout, feeling exhausted for the rest of the day following a workout. Um, simpler moving um, when you've, you know, exercised a little bit, and then frequently getting ill. All of those may be a sign um, that you're exercising a little bit too much. And I, I've definitely, definitely felt that. Um, and but I, I feel like yeah, after, sometimes after a very intense exercise, um, yeah, I just, you know, like it feels you go through a little bit of, yeah, that was, that was a workout, but then you're so close to the day that, you know, it's, it's pretty tough. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had families at six a.m. Um, I was like physically exhausted by like eleven. <laughs> yeah, the thing that he talks about is this um, uh, heart rate variability, which I found, you know, really fascinating. So he he. As a sort of like the, um, you know, people tend to think that actually beats like the, the same amount of time, which I, I sort of thought I didn't know, but actually it's it's important that you're that you have this. Um, let me just share my screen so I can get it. Um, so I can get it exactly right. Um, it really should. Uh, you really should have a high. Uh, HRV, so this high uh, uh, level or, or amount of time that, or a difference in time between the beats, right? Um, so you can see in in this slide, it, it, um, the low HRV is basically, you know, that um, the, the same time basically between beats, but actually you want the um, a high variability, um, so differences between the beats, yeah. and when you have low HRV. Um, he's linked to things like, um, uh, you know, actually like all causes of mortality, heart disease, um, but and then you also can lower um, your HRV uh, due to stress, infections, temperature, inflammation. It indicates that our bodies are in a stress. Yeah. So have Have you heard uh, about this concept before? Because I hadn't. No, I saw. I thought I was pushing and probably doing more research. You know, there's the basis of it is really, really going really hard and then slowing down and having that variation um, rather than doing things at a steady scale. So I'm kind of curious if there's a correlation between the two, but the way he phrased it in the chapter, I wasn't sure, but it reminded me of workouts. We Dr. Chatterjee is from the UK, so um, you know sometimes his vocabulary is different from uh, what we use in, in the U.S. Uh, but the, the other thing that, uh, sort of goes along with that is the to figure out whether or not you have a high or low uh, heart or heart rate variability. This, um, these two apps seemed like really interesting, although they, they took like vastly different approaches. And so I looked at them a little bit before, uh, before today. The one app was sort of, it seemed like you had to buy this like $100 machine that actually you stick your finger into and it, it I guess it takes your heart heart rate right and then the other app was well, listeners sorry go ahead For the listeners can you name the app so they can follow along oh absolutely um they are here and i'll um hrv for train the other one is elite. Okay, the the one is sort of seemed very like 
high tech and um, scientific. The other one was literally this is a thing, but um, the app uses your the flashlight on your phone to take your heart rate, and it's something to determine your heart rate variability uh, based on um, based on the however your phone can take your heart rate. And I know that the, I know it's sort of I know it's a thing at least that your phone can take your heart rate because I um for a while I was tracking my sleep and part of the component was you wake up the next day and it takes yeah. your heart rate. I guess I didn't realize it was doing HRV. Um but yeah, I mean you literally it, it like yeah. uh, the flashlight pulses and it can take your heart rate, which I found, you know, fascinating. That's pretty cool. I, I did used to use my um, list or when of my notes um, where I became the night. And at least for me, I changed based on the temperature. But I didn't um, think to consider perhaps the heart rate thing. Yeah, and apparently uh, that helps. Again, new to me, so I, I'm learning along with everyone here. Um, but apparently, it, it the HRV has something also as corresponds to your stress level. So if you have a very low HRV and you machine that I was talking about, um, then you know that you need to do something more, as he calls it, restorative, like yoga or I don't know. Uh, is Pilates restorative? I've never done Pilates, Pilates in my life. <laughs> or maybe meditation. meditation. Pilates can yeah. become intense depending on what you're doing. Sometimes relaxing, other times Pilates can be a show. Okay. All right. I mean, I, I, yeah, I was a hockey player growing up, so like I never did any of this stuff. Yoga wasn't a, wasn't a thing. Um, Pilates weren't a thing. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, it's it's a fascinating thing just to think about that you know our stress levels obviously affect us on a basis, uh, but then uh, the what the way that we work out and the types of workouts that we do um, can affect our stress states as well. It can either uh, dramatically improve it or it could actually hurt um, our stress states. So just listening to your body um, is a is a really interesting thing. So I, I think. We're kind of getting we're kind of getting to the end of the chapter here. Look, if you um, you know as your time uh, you know talking about wellness and doing some of these uh, CLE programs, do you have any tips on or for people who are you know interested in starting up an exercise routine? Because I think a lot of people you know they feel like they're busy. There's so many options as we talked about from yoga to cardio to you know playing basketball to you know tennis i mean there's tons of things that you could do running um but for people that uh are interested in just doing something to um, help with their stress levels what what would you record of a, a good starting point i think a good starting point is knowing your why you know why you're doing it are you doing it to relax yourself are you doing it to find clarity are you doing it to lose more? Um, 
it doesn't have to be one of those things. You know, it can be a series of those things. And choose your activities based on your why. So, for example, I mentioned that for me, I'm an intense person. I'm a so, it reach a mental block. My first inclination is to like start boxing. Like, I love boxing. It releases so much stress all at once and it's so intense. And I really enjoy it. Um, but if I know my mind is tired, I've been reading all day, I can't, I don't have the energy for that. So I'll do something like yoga or, you know, meditation or something more relaxed. Working on toning and want to do a full body, I'll only do workouts where I do groups all at once rather than focusing on a particular area. So I would say, you know, begin with your why. And if it's difficult, you know, have accountability partners. So some people like accountability as far as social media, always do that. But I'll tell one person who's good in that area. So for example, I want train for a race, I'll reach out to her and I'll say, hey, I'm doing this. Can you check on me periodically to see um, if I'm still keeping up with my routine or if I need help? Um, so I will say reach out. Remember, you're not alone. Even though we're in COVID, you know, we can connect with others in ways and, um, you know, find people who are in those areas and learn from them. You know, always stretch yourself physically and intellectually. Um, but particularly in the times we're in now where we know that stress impacts our immune system and with everything going on, we need to be as strong as possible. I think it's very important to find something or some things that are best for your lifestyle. No, I, I think those are great tips and finding an accountability partner, I think is big and, and, and getting tips from people. And it's easier than ever to do that through, you know, through social media, you know, as I've been trying to find guests for the show and, and for my podcast, um, you know, trying, trying actually very hard to find, you know, a, an expert in, in a lot of these areas. Um, and so, yeah, that, that's, that's great advice. What do you us in terms of uh, what time to do exercise? Some people do it in the morning. Some people do it, you know, before they go to bed. Some people do um, noon. Like my boss, uh, when we were, you know, in, in the office pre-COVID, he did like an afternoon go to the gym sort of thing. Um, he actually uh, is a boxer. Well. Um, so I wonder, you know, what, what works for you in terms of what time to exercise? It varies based on my schedule, but I think the best time to go when you can give maximum output. If you can only give 30 minutes of your best time, choose a window where you can do those 30 minutes very intensely. You know, they may there may be times where you normally would do evenings now you have a child. You can't have time realistically you won't have time the evenings if you're on trial to do those evenings anymore. We just switch it up. So I typically look at my schedule and look ahead a week or two what I have coming up and I don't commit to a point where it's not realistic, you know? So understand that, you know, we're practicing and learning every day and don't beat yourself up, you know, be gentle with yourself. If you like miss a day, maybe your mind and body needed that day off, just back on it. Um, one of the things people say, I guess in the fitness world, is never miss Monday. Because typically if you go on Monday, you'll go on Tuesday or Wednesday. But if you miss 
say, I can say off man is Lindsay and there is an hour with the next week. So at least try to have a day where you have to go for sure. Um, but find a time that's conducive where you can actually clean, um, even if it's only for routine for the week. No, that that's that's great advice. And actually that dovetails right into our uh, weekly action items. So for those of you watching for the first time, uh, what we do here is, um, you know, we give each other a challenge uh, for the week. Last week it was eating the alphabet, so eating as, as many diverse foods as you can. This week's action item is to um, do uh, a form of a stress-busting exercise every day. And I think, um, you know, what we've talked about uh, today, that could be a range, a, a range of things. Um, but, you know, even as little as, you know, like a 10 minute walk or, um, you know, or, uh, you know, a game of basketball or, uh, you know, yoga or Pilates or whatever works for you um, in the um, do it because um, it really does does help um, every day. And then pay attention to how you feel afterwards because um, there definitely is um, a moment of that you can, as we've talked about, overexercise for for what your body needs. Um, and it may be much even just for your schedule, as Lakeisha talked about. Um, you know, if you have a very if you know you you're going to have a very stressful day and, and spending too much time exercising is going to hurt you in the time management realm, then it probably makes sense to do less, right? Um, but the important thing is to do, try to do the right type of activity uh, that's in harmony with your life. Um, and um, if you're close, if you think you're close to your stress threshold, don't, don't overdo it um, is, is yeah. the important thing. And one more thing I would add here, I think that one of the silver linings, if anything, for COVID both remotely, is that we have flexibility. You may be able to do a mini walk when you or you know, perhaps you're racing out through traffic, maybe you can try out more things in this period. Um, so I would encourage our viewers to try and show during this time because you may find out that you enjoy things Yeah, again, a great subject because the next thing we're going to talk about exercises you may not have. Some of these, I think, were, uh, well, indoor climbing. I've never done uh, indoor uh, rock climbing. Have you have you done anything like that, Lakeisha? I have quite a few yeah, yeah actually. that's things for like oh it's too high i'm gonna fall even though i know that i'm you know strapped up uh it's definitely not my thing. So, what i'm looking in this uh, this uh program day was that i'm gonna have like a list i have to try to get there <laughs> starting absolutely, with ron absolutely right yeah um, yeah, when COVID's done, I'm going to come to Atlanta, and you're going to show me all of these, all of these things. Um, so the next, next one, it's gonna be fun. yeah, absolutely. Um, so the next one is open water swimming, which I think is like you get in. Here we have Lake Michigan. Michigan, start, start swimming. I'm not a really great swimmer, so that's probably not a smart move. 
Yeah, I don't. I, I'm not gonna do that. One. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, how about Tai Chi? Have you ever done Tai Chi? I have tried. Um, you know, I like that that realm of martial arts and yoga and all those kind of things. So typically, I'll try most things once. Yeah, that was another. That was all the time by me. So there's, uh, I got out of the library like these DVDs of of Tai Chi tapes that you know was I was gonna like I was gonna learn how to do Tai Chi because I heard it was so good, but I don't think I was like coordinated enough to. Um, so, so yeah, I was try a live class for me. For trying new things, try like a live class. You may feel better about it. You know, instructor in front of you. I think, um, yeah, I know. I always, I think that's, that is part of my problem is I think like, well, I can just get something out of the library and I'll learn it all. Thing with having a live instructor. You can injure yourself if you don't have good form. This is, this is very true. Um, all right. So the, the, Next thing that he talks about is yoga and especially hot yoga. We've talked about that uh, heat and exercise forms of, of stress on the body. They release uh, beta endorphins, and elevated. And you've talked about how how you've um, enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. And uh, the the other thing he talked about. Uh, is jumping rope, which I found, you know, fairly interesting because, and it's actually indicative of, of what we were talking about, Lakeisha, because you have to be um, a very complicated thing. If you only have time for, you know, 10 minutes to jump rope, that actually can be just as helpful as, as doing something more complex if you only have 10 minutes, right? And honestly, 10 minutes jumping rope is way more intense than you may believe. Um, in my boxing gym, we would do three-minute rounds of jumping rope. And I kid you not, like your calves are going to be on fire just jumping for three minutes straight. Um, so 10 minutes would, be, would probably do, do you really good. I know in the chapter he also mentioned, which I thought was really interesting, about how your body can notice improvements in your telomeres by doing 14 minutes of Workout, workouts daily and 14 minutes is nothing at all yeah no absolutely um yeah i mean it's i think i mean one of the problems that i have is that i always try to overcomplicate things as you can see even yeah. you know during the show you know that's just my nature i just try to i try to do like i have to do it i have to do it all i have to you know just make it so overly complicated and you know, maybe the the lesson that I and learned today, thanks to you, is that um, you know to simplify things, to uh, um, uh, to to not overcomplicate it, because then you know I won't stick to it. You know, and I think that that's a good lesson we all can learn. That yeah, definitely. Again. Holistic 
you know, because anything that you are making too complicated likely won't keep up. But I mean, like, I keep a jump rope in my house. <laughs> and you can order them online as cheap as like three bucks. Um, so you may want to try it out during COVID. Yeah. No, I think um, And then the other ones that he talked about are uh, running in nature as opposed to like running downtown. And I live in the suburbs, so you know, we have a lot of a lot of nature by me. Um, I don't know if you live in the city, Lakeisha, or where you do running. I <laughs> it's weird. I actually enjoy nature a whole lot, um, and I typically choose running in nature in the fall because it's so scenic when the leaves are changing and it's really pretty. Um, he referred to it in the chapter as grounding, which I thought was interesting because my um, study regarding grounding is when I try to intentionally connect with the earth. Um, so I'll intentionally practice with my shoes off sitting in nature and just really connect myself with my mind. Um, but when he used grounding within the chat about doing things with your body literally close to the ground. Um, and I have read studies showing that you can increase your by um, squatting, almost like in a sumo squat position. Um, and I, try, I actually like to just like sit in squat positions. Um, I don't know if I've noticed done it enough to notice any remarkable differences, but I will say that there are a lot of studies that suggest that you should do things lower to the ground to help with your posture um, and, you know, correct from everything else we normally do sitting in chairs all day yeah well it's definitely uh anything that i can do to get out of my chair during the day i think is helpful because um i know i do way too much sitting just you know in my in my comfy chair my my chair yeah. at home is more comfortable than my chair in the office so that's not a good thing trust me yeah um okay and then the, the last uh, the last one that he talks about, um, great workouts you may not have considered, is Nordic walking, which he does, again, I've never seen anyone do that uh, out by me in Naperville. But he essentially, he the way he describes it is like you have ski poles and you're, you're walking with the ski poles. I didn't, if anyone is, is, is watching has done that, you know, let us know how it is. But Lakeisha, have you done a, have you done a Nordic walking at all? I I have not. Um, my, the, the the level of hiking that I've done have never required that kind of stuff, so <laughs> I have not. Okay. Excellent. All right. Um, so uh, and wrapping this up, I don't know if people um, watching have you know specific questions or you know if you have uh, any good tips on. on if you do, please. Um, oh, my wife uh, Kathy is uh, chimed in, and she says that people do it in Springbrook, which is um, uh, a park near us. Which I'm fascinated. I've oh, never wow. seen it. Oh, uh, and where Charlie runs his his five k. So my my little guy does taekwondo, and he has to run. He has to do his like ten mile run uh, every couple years to. Um, uh, to recertify his black belt. So I guess in that part, they do Nordic walking. That's fascinating. 
I'm sorry. How old is your son? Oh, he's he? he's 14. So he's been doing Taekwondo since he was uh what five or six years old. So he's already on his third black belt. So I may be completely over exaggerating. My wife, I'm sure, will correct me on the but it's a it's a long walk. Like I did with him time and I died and he was fine. So so that tells you his level of athleticism and uh and you know his you know the way that he can do it uh, more than, than I can. Um so I think that mentions that she um enjoys judicity. Oh, okay. That's great as well. I mean like I've never done martial arts, but I can tell you that my son, he really enjoys it. Um, he enjoys not only everything about martial arts is that it is at least Taekwondo. It is a, it's an individual sport, but also, um, and then, so in other words, like there are certain he can do by himself. And then there's like a sparring part of it where he can spar against other kids and then there's a teamwork component where uh, both of uh, he can team up with somebody and they can do a um, uh, uh, they compete together as opposed to against each other. And then there's a leadership component yeah. to where you know when he gets uh, and he's getting older, he can actually uh, teach the younger kid, you know help help teach the classes. So it's really a great. I mean that Marshall you know the best thing that that he's done um and it's it's been wonderful awesome and my wife did correct me in the comments she said it's 5.5 miles that's still intense for a child <laughs> yeah and he was some it was uh probably I mean, it was probably five years ago that he did the first one. Because uh, you have a year in between your first and your second degree black belt, two years in between your second and third, and then three years for the third. So it's it was probably years ago that he that he oh and he did it when he was ten. So yeah, so about four or five years ago exactly. That was when I almost died at. Cause yeah. I really enjoyed that chapter was that the author um, said that stress doesn't take a day off. So I never thought of it that way, but that's so true. Um, your mind, you know, there's going to be some in the day. The intensity of it, we don't know, but for sure it's going to happen. Um, and for me, that framing of it really drove, um, stuck with me. Yeah, for me as well. And, you know, for for the jobs that we have, and, and actually, you know, part of why I, I started this, this book club on emotional intelligence skills uh, was because of the, you know, uh, prevalence of stress and and, and what it's done in our profession i mean talk talk 
talking about you know alcohol alcoholism we can talk about um the effects of of alcoholics that that was also um i think mentioned in the chapter um but um, things that stress does us and as lawyers um we can um, on the wrong habits and 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 continue bad habits to disastrous outcomes. I'm sure you've seen that in your um, in your wellness uh, activities. More than I can imagine, and I will say that because I am so public and transparent about certain wellness, I, I even get private calls, which I appreciate and receive. It's a great honor to be with you, but it's scary. So for me, I believe intentionality is the way to do things. Um, and the more we talk about being well, the less the stigma will be reduced. Um, and this is why I mentioned there, I'm really hesitant to say don't, but do things in March because having that barrier, um, you know, psychologically, you can't do all of a sudden, you know. Um, but I at least have people in your life that are. Um, trying to live healthy lifestyles, you know? So, so as one to reach out to and do about things, you won't feel so alone if you were, you know, to become healthy. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's where it's, uh, that's, you know, where it starts where you, um, you sort of, you know, start out with something and you kind of, it becomes a, a and I think that's just where, where people have, and that's just a hard, it's a hard thing with um, so many of, I mean, you know, so many ABA events, uh, uh, and, you know, I'm involved in, um, you know, has turned the corner a little bit and offered, you know, non-alcoholic drink at some of these uh, per uh, uh, that's not typically a bad thing you know in in moderation uh, but it's uh, I don't know I don't know what to say it's it's uh, it's a hard thing for sure definitely alcohol is a cultural thing within our industry. I have different layers and reasons um, I think some people are just, and you know, a lot of lawyers for some of us are socially awkward. Having <laughs> that alcohol there loses up and it makes it easier, but you just can't rely on that. So, one way that my friends and I sometimes will say, hey, let's meet for smoothies or hey, let's meet for Pilates, or we intentionally do things that are at least wellness based. Now, there are times we'll just say, hey, let's meet for brunch, you know. But you don't want everything that you do to be related um, to some vice, you know, of any kind. Yeah, no, that, exactly. Um, okay, well, I, it, this has been extremely helpful for, for me. I really appreciate you, you know, taking the time, uh, Keisha. Uh, if you could do me a favor and uh, let the audience know uh, 
uh, either at firm or social media would be the best fact with you. Sure. So my um, law firm is The Randall Firm, and I can be reached on Facebook as The Randall Firm, or on Instagram is lrandall.law, so that's L-R-A-N-D-A-L-L.law. And my coaching practice, which is available to anyone, not just lawyers, and because it's virtual, it can help. Um, that is The Atlanta Coach, and on Instagram, it's The Atlanta Coach. And also my website is theatlanticoach.com. And there I talk to people and get through a range of things. Um, anything as, you know, private as personal. Professionals like get through mental blocks in order to um, advance professional. Excellent. Well, thank you again so much. And uh, next week, uh, we are going to have another expert on uh, Robin uh, Wolpert, who's a Minnesota attorney and member of the National Task Force on Lean. She's going to come in. I met her a few days ago. She's seemed really amazing. She's going to talk about specifically in conjunction with which is to reset our So join us again next week, 7 p.m. Central on Wednesday, uh, right here, wherever you're watching it. Um, is where I will be um, uh, with Robin. So, Lakeisha, again, thank you so much for joining. Thank you for having me, Dave. I really appreciate it. And remember, as we sign off, uh, emotional intelligence is necessary for all lawyers, and we can learn. Have a good day.